Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. There was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were um, in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came unto him or came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us uh, that we perish not. Now, I just want to say this in passing tonight. I I find it so interesting uh, that Jonah um, is in this boat. Jonah is headed um, to Tarsus, or he thinks he is. And, and, um, uh, you know, the story ends up getting thrown out of the ship. But the shipmaster that evidently doesn't care about God, as you read down through here and the different things, he comes to Jonah in verse number 6 and he says, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon, watch the way that this is, thy capital G-O-D. And as you read down through here, you'll find that there's times that there's reference to God as a little G-O-D. Evidently, they knew something about Jonah and knew something about his God because he is saying, Call upon the true God, the living God the real God, the only God, amen. And he says this, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. He's saying maybe God will show us compassion. And I don't know about you, but I just find that so interesting because he said in verse number 5, then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his little G-O-D. They had cried out to a little God. They had tried to get help. But evidently, I don't know if they knew Jonah. I don't know if, 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 if Jonah had a testimony. Now, I don't know, but they, I do know this. They knew something was different about Jonah's God than their God. And I want to say to you today, make sure that the world knows that you're serving a different God than they're serving. Amen. They knew where to go and where to find help. The shipmaster comes to him and he says, What meanest thou... Old sleeper. In other words, what are you doing, man? Uh, the boat's about to go under. We're in a storm and you're laying down here asleep. What meanest thou? And we began talking about that subject. What meanest thou, old sleeper? Or uh, sleeping saints and sinking ships last Wednesday night. Father, I love you and I thank you for being good to us. I thank you, God, for mercy and grace. And I pray, God, that... Over the next little bit, God, that you would help us as we look into your word. I pray, God, that we'd get understanding from it. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I I talked about several things last Wednesday. Let me just real quickly hit them in passing, and then I'll conclude this tonight. But we look by way of introduction at Jonah avoiding his summons where God tells Jonah um, to go to Nineveh and to preach. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, chapter 1, verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, 
the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, verse 3. But Jonah arose, or Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. But chapter 3, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the preaching that I bid thee. It's very interesting, even though Jonah avoided that summons when God came back and spoke to Jonah again in chapter number 3, his word for Jonah, his summons for Jonah, his calling for Jonah had not changed. In other words, the will of God for Jonah was the same as it was in chapter number 1. God has a will for our life and we can run from it but that will not change the will of God for our life. And we see that in Jonah. We see Jonah asleep in the midst of the storm. And we looked at that. And then we see Jonah about to sink. And we talked about how Jonah needed to awake from his sleep. And if there's anything that we need today in our churches is um, we need those that may be asleep to wake up. I said this, uh, the church needs an awakening. The 20th century ended uh, without seeing a spiritual awakening. The first century in our history uh, not to experience uh, a national revival. And I'll say this, uh, then I'll move on. Boy, we need revival in our day today. Amen. We looked at this, the reasons uh, for our being asleep. What causes uh, us to go to sleep? The reasons for it, and we talked about material wealth. We talked about compromise and preachers. We talked about lives filled with sin, and we talked about um, a, 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 com, a companionship with the lost, how so many times uh, we just yoke up with the lost, and we do the same things they do. Uh, um, we act the same way they act, and we wonder why they don't want what we have. And I say this to you tonight, and you've heard me say it many times, we have to be separated from them, and that's the reason that God gives us a man to come out from a command, to come out from the world uh, and be separate. So the reasons for our sleep, but I want you to note this with me, number two tonight. I want you to see the regions to which we sleep. The regions to which we sleep. We are asleep to the need of the lost. We are asleep to the need of the lost. Leslie and I was talking the other day. And whenever we was talking, we was talking about how the Bible says, Many shall say unto me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name done many wonderful things. And, of course, I'm not quoting that verbatim. And, and the Bible says this, that I will say unto them in that day, God speaking, I say unto them in that day, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Good works will never get us to heaven. And you can say, well, I don't understand why God would send somebody that's good to hell. God don't send them to hell. They choose themselves to reject God, and that's the reason they go to hell. Amen. But we was talking about how a lot of times people just take someone's word. Are you saying, well, yeah, I'm saved. Well, they just take their word and go on. But I want to say something to you tonight. If they're not bearing fruits of salvation, then there's a problem. There's a problem. You said, preacher, you are not judge. I'm not talking about judging. I'm talking about inspecting fruit. Are, are they bearing fruits of salvation? 
And if they're not bearing fruits of salvation, and if there's no correction from God on that individual, then friend, there's a problem today. And I'm afraid so many times we just say, well, you know what, old Sister Bertha um, said she was saved, so um, we're just going to take it at that. No, friend, uh, is there evidence of salvation in their life? I'm afraid a lot of times we're asleep to the need uh, of the lost, the regions of our sleep. I thought about what the Bible said in Matthew chapter number 6 or chapter number 9. But when he saw the multitude, He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, listen to this, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into, watch this, his harvest. There is a harvest that is ready to harvest tonight. But the labors are few. The regions to which we sleep so many times, we are asleep to the need of the lost today. The need of the lost today. I'll never forget, this has been, well, I've been here uh, going on 18 years, and it was while we was at Northwood, so um, it would have been around 20 years ago. Um, Brother Greg Lentz at that time had a big winter meeting and and um, a big summer meeting. And that summer meeting was in Pigeon Forge. And I don't know, we took 35 or 40 teenagers to it there when I was a youth pastor and assistant pastor at Northwood. And um, uh, Brother Matt, Brother Ralph Sexton Jr. was preaching this night. And I'll never forget this. He got to the end of it. Matter of fact, I could just about take you back to the year of it because um, it was the year the Wisnets come out with the song, Nail It to the Cross, because the first time they ever sung it publicly was that night in that meeting. And um, I'll never forget at the end, here's what Brother Sexton said. You've heard me say this before, but he said this. He said, how many people is going to be in heaven because of you? Not because of your pastor, not because of your youth pastor, not because of your Sunday school teacher, not because of a mom or your dad, or not because of your spouse, but because of you. How many people will be in heaven because you got a burden for them being lost, you prayed for them, you witnessed to them, and you saw them get saved? Boy, whenever he said that that night, man, Brother Stan, it shook me to my soul. And I've never got over that statement the regions to which we sleep, we're asleep to the need of the lost. Church, there's a world dying and going to hell, but there's a community dying and going to hell right here. We are asleep to the need of the lost, but we are asleep to the state of our nation. I'm going to tell you something. If there's ever been a time, if there has ever been a time that America needs revival, it's today. Uh, We could say it this way, arise, go to America, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. I don't think that we're taking anything out of context to put America in Jonah chapter 1, verse number 2. We are living in a wicked, a wicked, wicked generation in a wicked world. In 2023... The Bible, or not the Bible, but statistics tells us that in 2023, there was an estimated 
1.2 million abortions in the United States of America, up 69% from 2020. I thought about this. I read an article the other day, and it was from 2017, and it was from Salem, Oregon, where a roadside cross had been put up honoring a mother that had got killed in an accident. We see them all the time around here. The, the article went on to say that there was an atheist group protested it, and because of their protest, that city took that cross down because of their protest. Said, so, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. We're asleep to the state of our nation today. Thank God for America. I love America. I don't want to live in no other nation. I don't want to live in no other country. Thank God for America. And I'm going to tell you something. America needs revival tonight. There's ever been a time that we need revival. The regions to which we sleep. We are asleep to the need of the lost. We are asleep to the state of our nation. We are asleep to the Lord's chastening so many times. I thought about this and this is some old things. But think about this with me. We've experienced Katrina. How many remembers Hurricane Katrina and the, the devastation of it? 9-11, a financial crisis, national disasters, all of this, and yet we're unwilling to connect the dots and see that God may be trying to get America's attention. Whenever you study the Old Testament out, every time Pharaoh refused to receive the plagues is a judgment from the Lord. The next plague was more severe. We're asleep to the Lord's chastening on our country. And I would say this, and then I'll give you another thought. We're asleep to the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, He's coming. Boy, you could go back. You can study Matthew chapter number 24. You can go to May, 9, or May 14th, 1948 when Israel was formed as another nation again and this generation not coming to pass till we see the coming of the Lord. I believe that and I believe the coming of the Lord is at hand. So number one, the reasons for being asleep. Number two, the regions to which we sleep. But I want to give you this and I'll bring it to a close tonight, the results of us going to sleep. You see, something happens when we go to sleep. Something, I thought about this, you go to sleep, you just about lose consciousness of life. There's a lot of things that can go on around you while you're asleep, and you not even know they've went on. Some sleep's harder than others. Are you with me? Some, they... they they go into a coma whenever they go to sleep. I, I, I remember one time we was in a hunting lodge and there's about four or five other guys and me and Mac and Brian Beasley, not Brian Beasley, but Greg Cass-Stevens. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if, if Those guys was in a coma. Every one of them, it's, it, was, it, it sounded like a horror movie in there with all of them snoring. And I thought, I, uh, seven nights almost I've got to put up. It, it was awful. And then Brother Greg got sick and we had to bring him back. And the next night it was pretty quiet in there. I figured out who the monster was. But man, some people can go to sleep and they don't know anything's going on around them. The older I get, the more I realize that sleep is overrated. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I don't have no problem going to sleep. But about 1 or 2 o'clock, I have a problem staying asleep. But think about this. The, the results 
of our sleeping spiritually today. Jonah is in a boat with a bunch of lost sinners. You say, well, how do you get that? They're crying out to their little G-O-D-S. They're not crying out to the true living God. And Jonah is asleep while they're about to die all around him. The boat's fixing to go under, man, and he's asleep. People are going to hell, and yet we sit around asleep. God has been practically kicked out of our nation, and here we are asleep so many times. One said this, the public school resembles a war zone anymore. We took God out and put an officer in. Took the Bible out and put drug dogs walking up and down the hall. Took the Ten Commandments down and replaced it with sex education. Boy, I read that and I thought, how true that is today. How true that is today. I read some things and let me share them with you. In 2022, a total of 143,422 babies were born to women ages 15 to 19. The National Center for Drug Use and Health in 2022 said this, 10.9 million people ages 12 to 20 reported they had drank in the last year. This is in the U.S. 5.8 million ages 12 to 20 reported that they had drank in the past month. And 3.2 million ages 12 to 20 reported binge drinking in the past month. I'd say something's wrong in our country. The National Center for Drug Abuse between 2016 in 2020, drug abuse in the eighth grade, in the eighth grade, went up 61%. 62% of 12th graders have abused alcohol. 50% of teenagers have misused drugs at least once in their life. In North Carolina, 8.14% use drugs and 9.15% use alcohol. According to SEND, here's youth and STD statistics. STDs are at an epidemic level among young adults. Young adults ages 15 to 24 contact about, or contract about half of the 26 million new STDs each year, costing about $4.6 billion in direct medical costs. About 40% of sexually active teen girls have at least one STD. 55.4% of all new STDs are found among youth ages 15 to 24. 55% of it. 55% of it. One statistic said this. 46% of all high school age kids are sexually active. 46%. You say, preacher, why would you say that? The results of the church going to sleep. The results of us saying, it's my four and no more. The results of us not wanting to reach out among or, or beyond our four walls. And I'm not saying that that's where we're at, but if we go to sleep, church, that's where we're at. 2023. In Little Bitty, Surrey County, there was 31 reporting shootings, not including the city of Mount Airy. And over 
300 overdoses in our county that was that that can be reported uh, it, it, really and I've talked to several people about this they said that could easily easily be over 2000 in our county last year in our little county. said preach what do you say if we're not careful we're going to go to sleep and not realize what's going on right here in our back door right here in our back door I've said this many times before I never really knew how bad Surrey County was. And I love living here. I don't want to move nowhere else until I became the coordinator of the Sheriff's Office Chaplain Program and, and began seeing so many things that's not seen anywhere else. You know what we need tonight? We need revival. We need the churches of our county and even us at times to awake out of our sleep. The sleeping saints in sinking ships, the reasons for our being asleep, the regions to which we sleep, the results because of us going to sleep. But lastly, and I'm done, the response to our sleep. What do we do when we become sleepy? The response to it. Well, can I say this? Number one, we've got to recognize it. We've got to recognize it. How many times have you heard this statement made? You'll never get help until you recognize you need a problem. Every once in a while, the girls and I will pick on Miss Leslie. And, and Miss Leslie, this is something you've got to know about her. If she has ever, if she's ever got her phone in her hand and you try to talk to her, the lights are on, but there ain't nobody at home. Okay? She multitasking, I've read you statistics about that. It's proven you cannot effectively multitask. So when she's trying to do something on her phone and you say, Leslie, she don't, she don't hear nothing. She don't hear nothing. Have anybody seen any of them little video clips and that baby's on there going, blah, 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 blah. That's all she's hearing. And we'll say something like this. You got a problem. She really don't. But we know how to push her buttons. You got a problem. And whenever you say that, all of a sudden, somebody's at home. I mean, they get home real, the alarms went off, somebody's broke in, they get home real fast. She'll put her phone down. I do not have no problem. Compare my screen time to y'all screen time. And boy, here she goes. And then we'll say this. It just depends on how far, Brother Matt, we want to take it. We'll say this. Well, now, honey, you know the first step to ever getting help is you've got to realize you've got a problem. You've got to come to accept, honey. You've got to recognize, I don't have no problem. Well, yeah, you do. It's your attitude now. Oh, boy, and then it's you. Know, you better run out the house and hope that the cafe still got something to eat. But the truth of the matter is this, we ought to recognize it before we can ever help it. Well, preacher, how do I know if I'm asleep? Well, can I just, let me ask you a couple questions and you answer them to yourself. Was there ever a time you was reading your Bible more than you're reading it right now? Minus if you're doing the six chapters a day, okay? Was there ever a time you was reading your Bible more? Was there ever a time you was more faithful to church than you are right now? Was there ever a time you was doing more for God than you're doing right now? 
If the answer to any of those was yes, then you're asleep. You say, well, no, preacher, I'm just starting. No, you're either serving God or you're not. Are you with me? We're either serving Him or we're not. Just because, matter of fact, I, I, it was Miss Regina. That's who it was. We was at the hospice house with them this morning, and, and we was talking, and I said to Miss Regina, we was talking about different things, and I said, you know, Miss Regina, I said, we can come to church. We can stand in the pulpit and preach. We can sit on a pew or on a seat. We can sing in the choir. We can teach a Sunday school and still not be serving God. Be doing it out of routine. We can be doing it out of quote-unquote have to. If we're ever going to wake up, we got to recognize, number one, that we're asleep. we got to recognize that we're asleep. Number two, we got to repent for being asleep. we got to repent. You study Jonah's life. Jonah does. I'm not going to read all of it to you. Go home and read the four chapters. It'll take you ten minutes max. It's a short book. we got to repent of it. The reason a lot of times there's no repentance is because there's no recognition. We don't want to swallow the hard fact of there was a time I was doing better. There was a time I was doing more. It should be be our ultimate desire. It should be our ultimate desire to be the best Christian that there is. To be the best soul winner that there is to be the best Sunday school teacher that there is, to be the closest to God. You remember me saying this, Brother Josh used to say this. He said, I want to be, Brother Josh Jenkins, he said, I want to be so close to God that I can smell His breath. Son, that's close. Some people you didn't have to be too close to, but for the most part, for the most part, you got to be close to smell somebody's breath. And he's saying, I want to be that close to God And I ask you a question, are we that close to God? And if not, hey, we need to recognize that. And we need to repent. And then watch this, we need to recommit. I didn't say get rebirthed. Because once saved, always saved. But we recommit. In other words, we say, God, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. Here's my life. Recommit. I ask you again. Was there ever a time that you was closer to God than you are right now? Was there ever a time you was doing more for Him? Was there ever a time that you was a better witness? Was there ever a time that you told more people about Him? Was there ever a time that there's no way you would miss church for what you've missed church for in the last year? If there was, then guess what? We've got a problem. We have become sleeping saints in sinking ships. The world is going to pass away. Madeline, do you care to come start playing song? The world's going to pass away one day. There's no doubt about it. Everything here is going to burn up. All of our earthly gains is going to burn up. And I'm not saying not to have earthly gains. Man, you need to be wise. You need to be smart. You need to budget. You need to plan for a rainy day because... You know what? A rainy day may come and it might be a thunderstorm when it does come. You need to... I, I, I'm all for all of that. And if you're around me much, you know that. But at the end of the day, all that's really going to matter is what we've done for God. My secular gain is going to matter nothing. It's what I've done for Him. 
I read this poem this past week. Let me share it with you in closing. The title of it is Wasted Years. I looked upon a farm one day that once I used to own. The barn had fallen to the ground. The fields were overgrown. The house in which my children grew, where we had lived for years, I turned to see it broken down and brushed aside the tears. I looked upon my soul one day to find it too had grown with thorns and thistles everywhere. The seeds neglect had sown. The years had passed while I had cared for things of lesser worth. The things of heaven I let go while minding things on earth. To Christ I turned with bitter tears and cried, O Lord, forgive. I haven't much time left for thee, not many years to live. The wasted years forever gone, the days I can't recall. If I could live those days again, I'd make him Lord of all. If we're real honest, we, we are real honest, including myself. You know, we waste a lot of time that we could be serving God. We really do. I just don't have time. We have time for what we want to have time for. We make time for what we want to have time for. Some people would, uh, Brother Kevin loves to fish. Nothing wrong with fishing. I, I enjoy fishing myself. Do you want me to tell you the reason Brother Kevin goes fishing? Because he makes time to go fishing. Well, because he makes time. Brother Josh loves to hunt. Ain't nothing wrong with hunting. I, I used to love to hunt. I guess I still do. I just didn't this past year. But let me tell you the reason Brother Josh goes hunting. Because he makes time to go hunting. I, this, I know some of y'all thinks this is crazy. I love to exercise. And you say, why do you love to exercise? Well, number one, because it's good for you. You say, well, the Bible says bodily exercise profiteth a little. But it does profiteth. It does profiteth. This is the only, this is the only body I'm ever getting to serve God with. And it's the temple of God, so I need to take care of it. Boy, it's getting real quiet right now. But you want me to tell you the reason I exercise? It's because I make time to exercise. I don't let it get in front of my studying, but I make time for it. It's healthy. It, it clears my mind. I, I enjoy uh, tomorrow, myself, Brother Chris Hazlett, um, we say it this way. I'm trying to get Brother Mark to put it in his schedule too tomorrow, but we have a therapy appointment. It's therapy for our mind. It clears our mind from pastoring crazy people. But why do you do that? Because you make time for it. Brother Robert likes to mess with bees, and I'm glad he does because I love the honey. But you want me to tell you the reason he does that? Because he makes time for it. Are you hearing me tonight? We serve God as much as we make time to serve God. The reason we serve God no more than we do is because maybe we just don't prioritize it and make the time for it. Wasted years, wasted time, 
How much time have we wasted and one day we're going to stand in the presence of God and we're going to give an account for that. I'm not mistaken, it was Lester Roloff that made this statement originally and here's what he said. Only one life will soon be passed. All that's done for Christ is all that'll last. May we not be sleeping saints and sinking ships, but may we awake to the needs of not just our country, not just our county, but even our own community, and do something for Him. Father.